Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thanks for joining our Relief from Darkness podcast, where we're continuing our conversations with people who've walked out of various hard places in their lives and into freedom with Christ. Today, we'll be hearing from Kathy and her experiences with panic attacks. Kathy is a retired mental health professional who now volunteers with No Boundaries International. She's had a diverse career, including working with intellectually delayed adults as a behavioral analyst. She's also endorsed in infant mental health, working as the coordinator over an early intervention program for about 10 years. She's also taught early education, college courses, and helped groups for women with depression. I'm Molly, and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness crew, where we're continuing our conversation that's really exploring how we can truly be set free from the various stuck places in our lives. And we're talking about everything ranging from anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations, eating disorders, and then everything in between, really anything that's hindering our lives, because we really do believe that the thought processes that have us in these stuck places can truly be healed with Christ. And as our thought processes change and our brains change and they heal and we start doing things differently, we're set free. And if you change your brain, you change your life. So for this session, we're going to be hearing from Mama Kathy and her experience with panic attacks. And it's interesting that we call her Mama Kathy because she is in fact Joining us with our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Yo, yo. And Mama Kathy happens to be my mama. So it's fitting. Um, And so Dr. Lori will help us uh, understand some of the basic neuroscience that goes behind panic attacks. So with that, um, panic attacks are really described as a sudden feeling of acute and disabling anxiety. So it's something that can stop your entire day with increased breath rates and where you just feel like mama Kathy explained it like even kind of like you're having a stroke or you don't know what's going on so can you kind of give us mama Kathy like the what your experience with that has been like okay um I think that I've had about three panic attacks in my adult life but I think that many things led up to that that Um, I had a predisposition or personality of being more of a timid, shy child. And so I would become anxious if I was uh, meeting new kids, moving into a new grade at school, or going to a place, even with adults, with my parents, where I didn't know other people. Mm -hmm. So just a really shy young girl. And um, then as I went on through elementary school, Um, I became a little bit more secure. And one of the things that really helped me with my shyness was I developed a relationship with Jesus in sixth grade. And um, I really wanted him to be my friend. So I not only knew that he was my savior, but I think I immediately started a relationship with him. And then things started to unfold that um, led to greater anxiety in my life. And um, a couple of years later, I witnessed the accidental death of my dad and stood beside him as the doctor pronounced him dead. And But the, the thing about that was the night before, I knew that something was going to happen or was wrong with my dad. 
And I had no reason to be concerned at all. I had never been around sickness or death. He was fine. And um, that morning when this accident happened, I knew that God was telling me that he was aware of what was going to happen. And so I felt like he was present. Mm -hmm. And that didn't stop the accident from happening and my dad's death, but it did help me to know that there's nothing that surprises God. So I really relied more on Jesus. And then over the next few years, um, ninth through 12th grade, I moved into three different states, three different high schools, and then overseas for two years in India. So, um, then my mom remarried, we moved again. Um, so we, I had a lot of change, which for my personality was difficult each time, but it seemed like there was always a special friend that Jesus answered my prayers that Mm -hmm. I could become close to and comfortable with. Um, but, and I hate to say my generation, but, um, it is, it's true. I don't think we talked about things, um, and worked through things like we do now. We know that if someone witnesses, especially a parent or someone in their family dying and that it's, I was 13, so it wasn't expected and that, that needs to be worked through, talked yeah. about, and shared. And we did not do that. Even though people were wonderful and loving and our family, my cousins, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, um, we just didn't talk about it. We didn't ask how I felt, how I processed that. So that got pushed down somewhere. And I became fearful of something happening to someone else close to me. Mm. So as my mother would be late coming home just from traffic, maybe five minutes late, I would think something happened to her. So um, it did affect my family life. And as I had children and got married and had children, um, that I was probably, I hate to say fearful because I didn't feel afraid, but I was anxious, if anything, out of the ordinary was happening. Like I didn't like white water rafting, um, things like that. Um, (laughs) but, um, as time went on, um, the Lord just really showed me that, um, how much faith I had. And I learned over a period of time that it not only is faith, but you have to step out into it with trust in order for it to be active. And so as I became more aware and grew in my knowledge of the word and of Jesus, and that if I'm going to trust him with my salvation, I need to trust him with my day and uh, Mm -hmm. what's coming or what's ahead of me is up to him, not me. And so I was able to relieve some of that. But as um, time went on, that post-traumatic stress, I guess, um, resurfaced at times that I least expected it, at times that I might be, I was driving to an appointment one day, a regular appointment that had to do with work and had a panic attack, the first one. And um, I was able to pull off the road. And because I was in, in school for my master's in counseling, I knew what it was, thankfully, because I wouldn't have known otherwise. 
and thought I was having a heart attack because I couldn't breathe. Um, my pulse was racing and I had learned enough coping skills besides, of course, prayer, but also to deep breathe, take deep breaths, um, to use my senses to look around and see what I could see and hear. And I was able to go on to my appointment. But years after that, and again, one time I was at work, just walking down the hallway in a, a, a building that I worked in for 10 years and had a panic attack so bad mm. out of the blue that I had to go to the hospital. I drove home first. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it wouldn't calm down, uh, my husband took me to the hospital. So, and that happened twice. And um, I, I think that I had not thought about I I had not related the panic attacks to post-traumatic stress, to my yeah. dad passing away, and to what I witnessed that day. And then my regular doctor, um, when we had some health issues and diagnoses of cancer, mine included, that my regular doctor was asking me about some things, and he said, while you still having post-traumatic stress from when your dad died, he said it's natural. And of course I was overreacting with what we were going through with Mm -hmm. health issues. So once it was labeled and I could pray about it and call it what it was, I became a lot more inept at taking care of it. I haven't had one in years. So (laughs) yay. Yeah. Jesus. So Dr. Lori, can you give us the brain dump on panic attacks? Now, Molly, I'm not going to have a panic attack because you're actually asking me to analyze a brain of my mother. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going where no one has gone before on this podcast. But yes, I'd be happy to. So we're... territory. (laughs) Yeah. Enter at your own risk. We're, (laughs) We're talking about the CPR of panic attacks. And so... In all of these podcasts, you guys, this will change everything. If we respond on the scene and something isn't right psychologically in the mental health arena or with our brain, then we as the body of Christ need to know that we respond with CPR, that we connect. We connect with God. We connect with ourselves. We connect with others. We understand just enough about what's going on in the brain to make ourselves dangerous. And then we change routines so that we can heal. And so that process actually works really well with panic attacks. And I just want to start by just saying this world is really, really hard. Yeah, That really, really bad things happen. Hard things happen. And it was never Jesus's intent that we would even die. That initially God was walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and there wasn't death, there wasn't horror, there wasn't heartache, there wasn't sorrow. And in the middle of man's rebellion, that's been created. And so how God works is through people and how the enemy, how evil works is also through people. And in the middle of all of that, Hard things happen. Jesus never promised that bad things wouldn't happen, but he promised he would be with us always. And so not if something bad happens, statistically speaking, we know that two or three or four or five things will happen 
throughout the course of our life that are literally bring us to our knees, but we have to connect with him and we have to process with him. But then also we have to have people with skin on that we can be connected to and we have to reframe the narrative of what has happened. And so as hard things happen, about 20% based on perception will develop post-traumatic stress. And whether we have post-traumatic stress or it's diagnosable or not, if our past is invading our present, that will destroy our future then that's an invitation of God bringing up something that's hindering the fullness of his love in our life. And so I think about as Mama Kathy was driving down the road, and if she was driving down the road and her check engine light came on and her her car started clunking and making all kinds of weird noises or wouldn't run, then it would have gone to the mechanic and we would have gotten to the bottom of what was going on with her car and it would have been fixed or it wouldn't have been fit to drive. And so she's driving down the road and she's having a panic attack. And then, and then another one that could that really actually be Jesus's invitation to set us free that he knows that she's viewing the world through the lens of the narrative that happened when she was what? 10, 13, 13, and, and he wants to remove the thing that's hindering the fullness of his love in her life and how she's viewing other situations. And so the warning light or the indicator, she, last time I checked, she didn't have a check engine light on. But as people in her environment or as, as her body continues to respond to stress and anxiety and trauma, then the check engine light comes on in the form of Sometimes it's nightmares, sometimes it's flashbacks, sometimes it's difficulty breathing or anxiety or an excessive worry or fear about something happening. And so that's how her brain has been wired. And Jesus wants to set her free from those things. And the interesting part of then we have to connect with him, we have to connect with ourselves, with what's going on. And as we connect with ourselves, we have to have compassion. It shouldn't thrust us away from people or away from Jesus and shame and fear and condemnation and guilt, but it should thrust us back to him just as, as eagerly as we are to take the car to the mechanic to get it fixed. And so, and, and so then as we connect with ourselves, then we can also connect with other people and it's with other people that we see that, Oh, this isn't again, the Philippians four, eight, this isn't pure or praiseworthy or noble or just, But those chemical reactions that were released in her body when she actually witnessed her dad's death and the doctor pronouncing his death are actually the things that are continuously being stored up. Suddenly they're released and she's not even thinking about that, but it's her past invading her present. And so what has to happen is she's got to work through it and she's got to deal with that in the middle part of her brain. It hasn't been resolved. So trauma is stored in our the middle part of our brain with our sensations and with our emotions. And so cognitively, she's not thinking, I'm driving down the road, lots of things are happening in my life. And my dad died when I was 13 and all of these emotions come flooding back. It's not the cognitive part of her brain, but who knows what else was going on in her environment when she experienced those 
panic attacks. And under pressure, under stress, under global pandemics, under stress at home or at work, the things that are inside of us when we're squeezed, those are the things that come out. And the symptoms of something, it needs to be addressed. The check engine light in us, so to speak, comes on. And we have to then go to Jesus and ask him what's hindering the fullness of love. And so the psychoeducation part of that is something was going on. This is out of the ordinary. There's something in the past or in the present that needs to be dealt with. And then in the routine, then as we start to unpack those things, there's really beautiful ways that she can find where Jesus was and she can actually we call trauma speechless terror. She can get a narrative of something that was speechless and insert Jesus into that picture and tell her brain to calm down and address the middle part of her brain where that was stored so that then she can file it in the past and it doesn't come into her routine routine uh, suddenly throughout the rest of her life. Yeah, that was really good. I really like... Mama Kathy, whenever you said how it was after you could name it, like if you're having panic attacks and you had no idea why or what was going on, like you didn't know that you were experiencing post-traumatic stress. You didn't know that those were the things that you were even thinking about or that hadn't been resolved. And so I think that it's really cool how this story plays right into the CPR. So if Dr. Lori is talking about how important our connection with people And how, you know, Jesus moves through people as well. So if you, by going to someone that you trusted and saying, here's a doctor in this case, here's what I'm experiencing. And he could say, hey, that's, you know, sometimes called PTSD, or there might be something that's coming up that you're not even aware of. That's just a beautiful, I think, illustration of the connection portion and the importance of connecting with others in that moment, because before that, you didn't have the words for it. And so then, you know, right, check engine lights on and you can say, okay, so I might have something that I need to work on. So with that, what did Jesus reveal to you? Okay. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier that where I had faith in a relationship with Christ that probably a lot to do with witnessing my dad's death, I didn't fully trust him, thinking that, and back when I was 13, I really felt like Christians did not experience bad things. And to me, Mm -hmm. there was a combination of bad things and moving and everything after that. And But as I really, what happened is, as I grew older and well into adulthood, I just dedicated a whole lot more time to my commitment to the Lord and studying His Word and being with other Christians that I could share that with and reach out and serve others. And over that time, my faith and my trust has grown exponentially. And I can say that, um, well, four or five years ago, my husband got cancer and he actually died four years ago. And I walked through that just fine and Mm -hmm. even moved to another state twice. (laughs) So I'm still on the move. And you know what? It's God moving me. And um, he has strengthened me and I trust him 
totally with everything. And I can say that I have more peace and joy in my life and less fear and than I've ever had. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I attribute all of that to the strength and the grace of, of Christ. Yeah, that's beautiful. And just like to think there is one time I was thinking, I was like, man, just in the middle of a struggle. And I was like, man, like, I just want peace. And I was like, where's the peace? And I was just like, Jesus, like, I want peace. And I don't want to be stuck in these thoughts or whatever. And he just grabbed my face and looked at me. And it was just, if you want peace, then have peace. And it was just that revelation. And that's kind of what I'm hearing. If we would just turn and focus on Mm -hmm. him and say, I receive your peace. I receive your joy. I receive, here's the things that have happened in the past, but it doesn't have to be like that. That's incredible. It is incredible. Dr. Lori, is there anything that you want to add or if there was just one takeaway that you would give someone who may be struggling with this very thing, with panic attacks or that deep kind of debilitating anxiety, what would you say? I think I really want to go Molly and mom with the biblical principles that in our culture today, if we accept Christ uh, about the time that we hear about Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and the Easter Bunny, and we think that if good girls, if I'm just good, and I was always good, by the way, as a child, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, I not really. Save that for <laughs> yes, but if I'm just good and I make my list and I check it twice, Santa's going to find out if I'm naughty or nice, and if I was nice, then Santa's going to bring everything that I want, and so a loving God doesn't show up how I think he should show up because it's a religion and not a relationship. And so I just want to make note of it can't be a religion And it. What if it has nothing to do with me? We think in America that the world revolves around us and that we're, we're, if we just say the right thing and do the right thing and say the right prayer, we're going to end up in heaven. But what about if it's a relationship? And the last time I read the old and the new Testament People were doing exactly what what Jesus had willed for them and what God had said. And it was actually the Holy Spirit that led Jesus into the wilderness. And it was actually Jesus who was crucified. And the Bible talks about for the joy set before him. And it was Paul who ended up in prison or who was stoned and the apostles who 11 of the 12 were martyred. And if we think about, except for in our Christian culture here in the West, that there are really hard things that are happening. And what if the external circumstances don't change, but the internal circumstance can that I heal from all the stuff from the past so that, so that I'm fully alive and fully connected with the living Christ, with the Holy Spirit inside of me today. And if and when things get really difficult, when one of those blowing incidences actually knocks the wind or the life out of me, I'm not having things that are triggered from the past, but I actually have a relationship and have access to the King of Kings so that I know how to navigate and steward through that. And I think that's the example that we saw with the apostles. I want to read something that I read recently about some things that are happening in current events. And this is uh, from Afghanistan. It said, we received news that the underground church in Kabul, Afghanistan has been martyred. Our friends have been in contact and met together last night in deep prayer. 
The last word she spoke was, we feel your prayers because this supernatural boldness came over us and we were singing in the spirit. Even the kids said, mom, we will not, not deny Jesus. As they were on the phone, they heard screaming and gunshots. God is so powerful. They went to be with the creator filled with joy. And so I wonder if we know that hard things are going to happen and that's not the end of the story because we have an eternal perspective and that we will connect with God, have compassion for ourselves and connect with others and then understand that our brain literally has to be retrained if we've experienced and when we experience trauma and hard things and that we establish a faith in in a relationship with the creator so that when these hard things happen, that no matter what, we can't calm the storms on the outside, but we can calm the storm within. Yeah, that's powerful. If we could take a hold of that. Molly, Kathy, do you have any, um, if there's someone listening who's struggling in just any hard place, what would you say? I think that the main thing to do, of course, is to relate with other Christians and people that have a relationship with the Lord and to just really get into the scriptures about peace and joy and his love and his strength and his grace and mercy and kindness with us every day of our lives and not look at the circumstances as much as we look at God's plan for each one of us and trust him with it. He created us and uh, he has already put in place the perfect plan for our lives. And that as we build character and go through things, we are so much more aware of his presence and what he's doing in behalf of us and how much he loves each one of us. So I think the main thing is, is to get into the scripture and seek the Lord and let him show you that he will carry you in these circumstances when you feel that you can't walk through them. And out of that relationship, if people are being martyred and their last words are, we're filled with a boldness and a joy, Mm -hmm. That ha- that's relationship, man. Yes. Like that has to be the manifest presence of the living God doing something supernatural in them that can't be manifested uh, by ourselves or in our own strength because it goes so contrary to what the flesh would be responding to. Absolutely. And if it looks like that, or if you can, if you can walk through the things that you walk through at thirteen and in childhood and break free from those things. I mean, it's, I mean, it's supernatural. It is. And there's no doubt about that. You absolutely know it. And uh, just knowing my own disposition, predisposition mm-hmm. to be anxious anyway, and I'm not. Um, and I was able to do things that I had no idea how I did them. And especially with the death of my husband and driving to Alabama. And so um, I know without a doubt that God was carrying me and I felt his peace and presence at the time Mm -hmm. and had no doubt. It's living from that place, from that eternal, Mm -hmm. that eternal perspective. We could just get out of our situation. If we could just get out of our circumstances for just a moment 
and focus on who he is, what he did, and what we get to receive freely from it, I mean, it changes it changes everything. And if it changes everything, then can that really be the thing that changes our brain is just the presence of Jesus and out of that relationship? And if that can change our brain, then we can change our life, which is just incredible. Yes. So I don't know. I just feel like if there's anyone listening who's struggling with the circumstances looking crazy or looking like like it's overwhelming or you're not sure why you're having panic attacks or you're not sure why you're experiencing things that that you don't need to be experiencing, then I would just encourage you to just take a second and not run from that or to sit in that for too long, but to actually just take that as a check engine light that maybe the Lord is trying to speak to you or say something to you in that of just like, hey, can you get with me? He's just calling you in of, hey, can you just get with me for just a moment and look at what I've done on the cross and give you something different in return that the fruits of the spirit, the joy and the peace that come along with the blood of Christ. So I would just take a minute and just just reflect on that. So thank you guys. Thank you, Mama Kathy, for sharing. And thank you, Dr. Lori, for your insight. And thank you all for listening to Relief from Darkness. So until next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.